We are so excited about this episode. We cannot wait to talk about it. Happy Wednesday. Yeah, we're going to get into this episode. All right. So this is Father Sun Galaxy. I am Kerwin. This is Keith. If you're new to our channel, you're watching us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we hope that you will like and subscribe to this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you've been here before, welcome back. Leave your comments. We're ready to talk about it, all right? And we're, we're so excited to talk about it. We're going to start from the ending, all right? We're going right to the ending. So it is spoiler review. I always forget to say that, spoiler, but this time I want to make sure. Spoilers. Spoiler review, okay? All right, so now. You know, how about we just review the entire episode backwards? Well, I, I didn't put my notes together that way, but we'll see how it goes. But we're definitely going to start with the ending. All right, here we go. Is Ahsoka dead? I don't know. And for some backstory, she is fighting Balin, and Balin backs her up in a corner, and Sabine gets there just in time to watch Ahsoka plummet into the ocean. Yeah. But here's the thing. If we don't see them sprawled out on the stones <laughs> right, yeah. below, they're not dead, unless somebody explicitly says so, or explicitly told so. So, like. And also, it's the fourth episode. If this were the eighth episode or seventh, maybe they could get away with it. But not now. There's too many episodes to go through without Ahsoka. Right. Okay. Now, it's it's called Ahsoka. So we know Ahsoka. It's not Sabine. It's, it's not, not Hera. It's not Chopper. It's not Jason. No. It's not Balin. Right. And it's Ahsoka. This is, this is Dave Filoni's project you know he's not he's not doing anything he, he's not gonna take take out the franchise all right so but what i do think is happening is um she's in um, a comatose state i mean uh, so she hit her head so well, stars something right so she's in a position where her body is immobilized but her brain is still functioning right and i think what she's seeing are visions dreams maybe um you can call it an out-of-body experience but this is very similar to what happened in Black Panther. If anyone has seen Black Panther, all right? This is the scene when uh, T'Challa and Killmonger are fighting for the throne. And Killmonger actually wins and takes T'Challa and throws him over that cliff into the water, into the ocean. All right? And then we thought, okay, well, there goes T'Challa. But well, it's not it the was case. Black Panther, not Eric Killmonger. So. What do you mean? The movie's called Black Panther, not Killmonger. Well, right, so yeah. Like they weren't gonna get rid of him. Okay, well, let me let me explain the scene. All right, so we think you know T'Challa is gone, right? But Umbaka's tribe finds him, right? Keeps him alive. Finds out he is in a coma, right? So then when his mother and Shuri, um, you know, come to him and finds out that T'Challa is still alive, they have the herb shape. Heart-shaped herb. The heart-shaped herb, right, that is given to him. They give him the, the herb. They bury him in the snow. And then he has this dream or this out-of-body experience where he actually meets his father in the ancestral plane. Yeah, right? but that's what the herb does you go see your ancestor it's kind of an induced coma 
rather than a coma from an experience. So. Right. Well, it, it doesn't have to be exactly like. Yeah, I'm saying though, you're right. Like kind of yeah. that ethereal experience. Yes. It uh, like mobilized yeah. state. Yes, exactly. But I feel like. I feel like this makes no sense. Okay. In the sense that by now it's been at least 10, 15 years since Ahsoka's seen the world between worlds. So why is that in the front of her mind? And why is that what she's dreaming about? Like, she could have dreamed of Malachor. I'm sure Malachor was traumatizing for Ahsoka. You'd think Malachor would have came to her first or something. Well, do you or, like, meeting Ezra for the first time, you know, fighting against Darth Maul, stuff like that, you know, the Clone Wars, saving Rex, those are... Those are the kind of things, like, um, like being Anakin's Padawan. That came to mind. But I don't know why it was in the world between worlds of all settings, but I'm sure there's much more prominent memories than that. And she wasn't even in the world between worlds for that long. She was there for about five minutes, give or take, because they saw Kanan and Ahsoka told Ezra not to bring him back, and then Palpatine came out and they ran. All right. Well, do you, are are you always in control of your dreams? Like, do you know what you're, what's going to be in your mind? I don't or, know. But yeah. usually, dreams are influenced by real life events. Like sometimes you'll see people you know, and sometimes outside noises will be incorporated into your dream. Well, I I think the setting may not be much. Is not the important factor. Is who she meets. Because remember when she had, you know, you're just talking about the the battle that she had with Balin Skull. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, he brought up Anakin, you know, like he seems because to know he's kind of like, you know, eh, 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 you know, I knew Anakin. Yeah. Anakin spoke highly of you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, why do people care so much about what Anakin says about Ahsoka? Does it matter? And more important. Here's something to think about. Anakin was introduced to the Jedi Order in 32 BBY, which means Balin would have had to have been there back then. And it was only 10 years later that Anakin got Ahsoka at the Padawan. So Balin had to have been around between 19 and 22 BBY during the Clone Wars. Which means that he probably escaped Order 66. But Balin looks to be about, like, what, 50 right now? So if he's 50 right now, and he, let's say he started training in, well, backtrack for a second. He probably would have been about 30 with Order 66. 20 with Order 66, shit, right? Because there's a 20 year gap. Yeah, we did the math last week. Yeah. The 10 years that. The 10, 15 years that lead up to Ahsoka. Yeah. So he would have been like 15, 20 by the time Order 66 hit, which meant he probably would have been either like a Padawan or a Knight by then. Yeah. Okay. So it makes sense why his combat strategies are so unrefined. Okay. All right. Well, we, we I want to stick with, you know, the ending. All right. Let's, let's go back to the ending. But before we continue, let's see who's in the chat. All right. Who do we have? Thank you so much for joining Dallas. us. Dallas, nice to be here again. It's always nice to have you. Thank you so much. This is uh, this is an exciting episode, so we're, we can't wait to dive in. All right. And we have Charlie 
All right. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much. All right. Charlie is here. I can't wait. Amazing episode. It was absolutely an amazing episode. We're going to talk about it. You know, I think Keith and I may have some different thoughts about it, which is great, which is fine. Aiden, thank you so much. Hey, back to you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And then Alex. All right. Do you think there is a supernatural location like a Marvel world between worlds in the MCU? Well, I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, honestly. Like, remember when Moon Knight, we saw the Egyptian afterlife, like the Field of Reeds, and then we saw the Eternal Plane in Black Panther? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it kind of differs. Depends on the character, what their, what their beliefs are. And not there's also Valhalla for us guardians. That's true, right? It's not one particular place. It really depends on the character, their culture, their background. Yeah, yeah it really depends on yeah. who you're talking about. So. Exactly. Yeah. And then it seems to me that this world between worlds is only seems to be related to just Jedi, right? Because that's who we see. Yeah, we only saw yeah. Jedi or people who are or trained force sensitive. Yeah, or force sensitive, right. All right, so finishing up my story with the Black Panther. So T'Challa meets his father in the ancestral planes. Um, his father is saying to him, your work is done. Why don't you stay with me and the rest of your ancestors? And T'Challa says to him, well, no, I still have plenty of work to do. I am not ready to go. I am not ready to, to be with you right now. I have things that need to get done, you know, rights that have, uh, wrongs that have to be righted. So he walks away and then he wakes, awakes from his coma, right? I think that's where we're going with Ahsoka. So her meeting Anakin, he's not a force ghost, right? Um, to me, it, it has to be a dream. And then what I think is going to happen is that he is going to, well, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into, um, you know, why this is important. This uh, uh, talk with with, with uh, Ahsoka and Anakin meeting, there's a purpose for this, right? Because for so many years, I believe Ahsoka blames herself for what happened to Anakin. And I think she needs to have a heart-to-heart conversation, you know, like a reconciliation with Anakin so he can explain to her, mm. no, it's not true. It's not your fault. And what could happen in episode five, we don't know, that he's going to show her maybe different scenarios. You know, if, if, I hope not. If, 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 if it would have went this way, then this would have been the outcome. Or if you would have stayed, I think Anakin would still would have fallen to the dark side. You know what I mean? So I, it, it doesn't yeah. matter whether Ahsoka was there to save him or not. I, I think he was at a point where he was far from anybody saving him. Honestly, I feel like Ahsoka could have saved him. Yeah. Because even when Palpatine tried to turn him, Ahsoka could have been like, Master, this isn't the way. And then he would have been like, you're right. And he's trying to deceive me. Yeah. And then Padme would still be alive, and Ahsoka wouldn't have been kicked out the Jedi Order. Obi-Wan wouldn't have been in exile. Luke and Leia could have been raised with their birth parents instead of being split up and not knowing each other existed. Well, this is good, what you're saying. Can you imagine if Episode 5 is a what-if episode? And I know you, you know, but but think, think about it. You may not think uh, what if in Star Wars and time travel doesn't work in Star Wars, but think about it. The world between worlds, first of all, and, and the other thing about this has to be a dream is because the world between worlds was destroyed 
at Loth- at the temple in Lothal, right? Exactly. So it doesn't exist. So it it it, it, it it's got to be in her subconscious that this is happening. She's seeing her master since the, the last time, right before he left to go to Coruscant. Um, but I think she's going to see how her life would have played out if she would have stayed in the Jedi Order. I, we don't, I, I don't know. We, that's what I think. I, I think it'll be very fascinating to see what happens in episode five. I know we're jumping ahead to episode five, but I, I think it's going to be a very emotional episode because, you know, like I said, Ahsoka will finally get to talk to Anakin and, and tell, exact, tell him exactly how she feels about him. Um, yeah. It might be one of the most emotional episodes we've ever seen in Star Wars. So uh-huh. I'm just preparing yourself for that. All right. Now. But, all right. So that's what I think. So she's she's fine. She's going to go through this. It may even be the entire episode may just be Anakin and Ahsoka, which I would be okay with. But at some point, yes, Anakin is going to let her know your job is not done. You need to go back. You need to find Thrawn stay on course and then she awakens from her coma and then she is found by Hera and and Jason Sandula and so, right yeah she will be found she's fine okay all right but so let me know what you think out there do you think it's a dream what's you know what's happening with Ahsoka or do you think that she's actually gone and this is the afterlife the Jedi afterlife nope okay all right or is this something else yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And I'm thinking, hopefully they don't pull a Mandalorian on us and devote an entire episode to a side plot that goes absolutely nowhere by the end of the show. That's fair enough. Okay. So you don't you don't Remember want the episode they did to that just one be... episode with Doctor Pershing, which ended yes. up him getting tortured and then that just ended up nowhere. Yeah. Although I did like that episode. We but still I... don't know what happened. Well, right, you had a very good point. We don't know if he's alive or what happened to him? You know, he just got his memory like, wiped. You know, like Filoni, a- please tell us what happened. At least, at least, like put out a tweet. Like, you know, how James Gunn gave us the backstory for how Nebula got Bucky's arm. She literally went down to Earth, ripped Bucky's arm off, and went back into space because she was feeling Christmassy. That's what James Gunn said. Hey, Filoni, please tell us what happened to Doctor Pershing, please. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, do we really have to know? I mean, he's a side character. Yes. Okay. All right. I yes, got you. I'm invested. I, I got you. Um, and you know what? It, it, you have a valid point. This story should not be about Ahsoka and Anakin, but what, the, the two of them meeting together is very important for her to complete her we're journey. kind of dwelling in the past. That it, it is. Because Ahsoka and Anakin yes, were a thing like 30 years ago. That's true. As master and apprentice. Yep. And now Anakin's one with the Force, and yes. Ahsoka's got her own Padawan who has failed multiple times. Yeah, we'll get to that. Like, I don't know what Sabine's even doing anymore. Okay. All right. Like, you want to talk about Sabine yeah, now? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk okay. about that for a second. Let's there. move. <laughs> Let's talk about Sabine. So, okay. in this episode, yes. Sabine's kind of a main character, and there's this awesome fight scene in the woods. Basically, after that explosion that started off the third episode, Hu Yang's doing repairs, yes. and he gets ambushed by some droids, and he's holding his own to this fight like some real rock'em okay. sock'em action there. <laughs> your, your notes are all... Okay, all right. So you want to talk about Sabine? Or you well, want to go through the entire episode, right? Okay. 
Go ahead. Let's do it that way. I'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure you'll figure I'll, it out. Okay. I'll figure it out. Go ahead. We got it. So, you know, then Ahsoka and Sabine come out, and Sabine's fighting Shin, and Ahsoka's fighting Merrick. And at the end, Ahsoka pulls this, like, this speedy move, and I've seen this in anime. Like, the main character will take their swords, and they'll dash forward through their enemy and just stand still as the enemy crumbles. Yes. And Merrick just, like, dropped his saber and let out this blood-curdling, god-awful hiss and scream and literally turned into a cloud of green gas, which I recall seeing in the Clone Wars as being Night Sister magic. Mm, now, can okay. this be tied to some sort of thread Morgan Elsbeth's been spinning? Because we know she's part Night Sister at that's this a, point. That's a good point. So, logically, it would make sense that she summoned Merrick in some way. Like, there is no chance of him being Ezra because Ezra's not magic, and I feel like Ezra would have either taken off his helmet and revealed himself, yeah. or you know, not turned into green gas. So we can now put that rumor to bed, right? So we know Marek is not Ezra Bridger. So I, I think we're all bye on bye. the same page now. We can stop saying that because it's, it, it was never true. It was never true. So it, what was the base behind that theory? Yeah, well, you know, it, it there was no somebody explained. Okay, Merrick, is he was he even a human? Like, could he have been maybe a human at one point and then uh, a reincarnate? You know, no, nothing. I don't like think that. he was human to begin with because Merrick has no okay. speaking lines throughout the four episodes we've seen. It. He did speak, well, it wasn't a, a long sentence, but he might have said Roger or yes, got him or something. I, I remember him talking. Yeah, that's uh, not really, it sounded, that's like, it's not a very baseful right, line. Right. So, honestly, he said no meaningful speaking lines. So, which yeah. leads me to believe that maybe, first of all, I don't think we're going to see Merrick again. Yeah. Secondly, I don't think he was anyone important. Like, if this were Ezra or Zeb or Kanan come back to life, you know, then we would have seen that when Merrick became one with the spice, literally. Okay. All right. So, But we didn't. All right. Are we? Okay. So, Merrick, we, we got that taken care of. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. by the way, while that all happens, yeah. Sabine, Shin, and Ahsoka are just staring. It makes sense that Ahsoka's staring because she has nothing left to do at this point. She's yeah. already she's defeated her, her enemy. Yeah, she's taking But Sabine and Shin opponent. are dead in the middle of combat and they just stop. That's this Both awkward. of them have openings. Yeah. But Sabine, being the one who's the hero, should have been able to notice that Shin is wide open and defenseless and taken her opportunity. She didn't even have to get rid of Shin. She could have just knocked the saber out of her hands and held her at saber point and been like, surrender or face the consequences. You know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Sabine's decision making gets even worse later on. I'll talk about that now. So during the fight with Balin, Sabine shows up right at the end and she grabs the map. Ahsoka burned her hand grabbing the map and that's why she lost to Balin. Because she's fighting with one hand because the other one's literally sizzling. Hmm. 
And Sabine picks up the now cooled down map, and she's holding her blaster to it. So Balin turns around, and there's a good two or three seconds between Sabine raising her blaster and him turning around. And my thought process is, Balin has his back turned. I'm sure he can sense that you're there, but force sensitivities, as far as I know, do not entail being able to sense that somebody has a blaster pointed at you. So for all you have to do, you could have hit his shoulder, disarmed him, and then just went to find Ahsoka. You didn't even have to get rid of him. And his back is wide open. He had his back turned to you. So Sabine is about to fire at the map, and Balin just kind of sweet talks her like, you know, we can find Ezra together. He's still here. And once we find Ezra, we can also find Thrawn. You know, come with me. Don't destroy that map. If you destroy that map, you'll never find it again. So Sabine, for some reason, Balin has literally put away his lightsaber and shut it off. There is no chance that in the event that Sabine did open fire on Balin, that he would have been able to draw his saber and block in time. It does not make sense that Sabine did not take that shot. She fired at him like 10 times and Balin deflected it earlier. But that's because he had his lightsaber out. And Sabine's not out of ammo because she's pointing it at the map like she's going to fire it. And Balin would know if she was out of ammo or not. So, it doesn't make sense why she would literally hand it over. And then Shin just kind of comes out the background and starts force choking Sabine. And then lets her go. And the funny part is, Baylin also says, come with us willingly. And then the next scene, she's walking away in handcuffs. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, but... I was surprised. They're treating her like a prisoner and less like somebody who agreed to go with them. Okay. All right. So that is the wrap-up of the episode, pretty much. Yep. Okay, so... Oh, God, yes. Yeah, okay, that's fine. All right. Side plot, yeah. hyperspace ray. So yeah. Hera, I'm questioning her decisions too, because Jason comes with her on this mission, but the problematic part is this is the most dangerous mission Hera could have possibly picked to bring Jason on. Like, she could have brought Jason on a mission to retrieve fuel or, like, spy on the Empire. That last one being dangerous because the Empire's not really around anymore. It's just even the remnants are pretty much dissolved at this point. Or like spy on Imperial sympathizers. But she brought him on a mission where two forces, three force sensitives and a Night Sister refugee are there with their fleet of enemies. With a fleet full of droids. Just waiting for you, where two Jedi and an ancient 10,000 year old droid are not strong enough to stop them, and you bring a fleet of five X Wings and your son. You brought your 10 year old son on a mission with three Force Sensitives, a Night Sister, a fleet of droids, and a eight jet hyperspace rig involved that literally explodes and takes out three experienced X-Wing pilots. Okay. 
And Jason's not in the back. He's at the front co-piloting. Yes, he is. Okay. Let me know when you're done. Because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump I'm done. in. There. Okay. All right. All right. So that's a lot of information. So I want to talk about the point that you made about Jason. Now, I was, I, I thought the same thing. Um, why is Jason there? Okay. Well, Alex says, agree that Sabine sh- could have shot Balin from the back, but yeah. Seems like many shows, movies have the issue to prolong the story. Yeah, sometimes Flash does yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Like every single time Flash apprehends a villain, yeah. he stops to talk for like thirty seconds, and that's thirty seconds of time that he could use to be super speeding. Mm-hmm. Like if he used his super speed every time, each episode would be like two minutes. Yeah. Okay. Getting back to Jason. Sorry. Now I I did agree with. I thought okay. Well, I'm surprised that. Hera would take her son, her young son, on a dangerous mission like this. But there is a reason why he's there. He needs to locate Ahsoka. Yep, that's he his, that's his purpose. He doesn't do that. Well, how do you know? I mean, we didn't. He didn't locate her yet. Yeah, exactly. But that's why he's there. You know, just think about it. Yes, yeah. but yes, comlinks exist. And ships, especially the no, ghosts, no, no, no. are known to be able to have long-range transmission. I got you. I get that maybe Jason doesn't have yeah. a long-range transmission. Right. But you could just have the Phantom and have him stay behind the fleet. So that way, Jason's not involved in the action. And should anything go wrong, the Phantom has edges. I don't know if it has hyperspace capabilities. Yeah. But it has edges fast enough for him to escape an explosion or an attack. That would have made more sense, and he's still, like, not necessarily all the front lines, but he's close enough to be able to pick up a reading on Ahsoka. So when they jump to hyperspace, they could just do it like that. Well, I, I think... Also, to the same point, yeah. Home 1, I'm sure it's pretty far away from Setos, which is where uh, Ahsoka and Sabine and Huyang are, so... How would he be able to sense them over there in the first place? It wouldn't make sense for them to go to Setos and then have Jason search for them because they wouldn't know where to search in the first place. Didn't didn't Hu Yang put out a transmission telling them exactly where they were? So Jason didn't really have to sense them. Hu Yang gave them coordinates and told them the planet so they could just track the uh, sensor. Okay, all right. So then, all right, so... I'm I not th- saying you're wrong. No, no, we, I'm just we saying disagree. There, yeah, it, there might be other possible scenarios. Yeah, you want to play it safe as a parent to leave your child behind. I get it. Yeah. Okay. I don't like if I'm a parent mm-hmm. and I'm bringing my ten year old on a trip, and I'm in space flying in a ship on a dangerous mission with explosions and blasters involved. I don't think I would bring my child in the first place. Okay. All right. Very oh. good. All right. So let's let's move on then. All right. So let's talk about Sabine. Okay. We touched on Sabine a little bit. Um, I want to talk about it a little bit more. Um, so Alex says, well, Hera did bring along 14-year-old Ezra and a young Sabine, then 17, along missions. So he probably hasn't thought as much about danger. Or bringing along kids for missions. Well, I mean, to be fair, Ezra could already sort of fight because he was escaping Imperials and stealing bikes on Lethal. And Sabine was 17 and had two blasters and Mandalorian armor at that point. 
like Ezra crafted his saber later on. So Ezra had a lightsaber and force sensitivities, and Sabine had two blasters of Mandalorian armor, so I don't think they were in danger as much, per se. Like, they weren't necessarily, like, in endangered, because that was a crew of six people, even before Ezra and Sabine joined, that was four people, because there was Hera, there was Chopper, there was Zan, and then there was Kanan. So... <laughs> Eric, you got a good point. No worse than Anakin pod racing. Child endangerment is very Star Wars. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's, it's no worse than the Jedi literally kidnapping a dead oh, and you bringing him into it space kidnapping. It's to not a space council. That's a, a strong word. It's not kidnapping. But it is kidnapping. It, you know what? It is not literally, kidnapping. the definition of kidnapping is yes. taking a child and transporting against their will. Not necessarily against, kind of. Well, yeah. But like they are literally taking a child who might not even know that they want to go in the first place and transporting them there. So that way, you know, they're just kind of stuck. Okay. All right. It's not like they can leave if they want to. I, I hear you. Okay. You remember right. what Luke did? He was like, he was like, so I can give you the beautiful handcrafted lightsaber of my master Jedi, my former teacher Yoda, Ooh, or let's... you can get a rock. Let's get back to Ahsoka Part 4. Called Fallen Jedi, by the way. Written by Dave Filoni. Directed yep. by Peter Honestly, Ramsey. Not really a Fallen Jedi as much as it is Fallen Undead Night Sister Thingamabobber. That's the title? Okay. All right. So fallen Undead about Night Sabine. Sister Thingamabobber. So it's, I, I like how the character, Sabine's character, is being handled. I like it. She's not making the right decisions, but that's okay. It is within her character. Yeah, but Sabine's 30. You'd think by now she would have learned from the bad decisions she's made in the past. Well, she her motivation, what she wants, her 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 needs or she just her, wants her to wants, find Ezra at this point. That's it. That's all she's looking for. She's looking for Ezra. And oh. we don't know, outside of them being family, yes, we know that they're part of the ghost family. They were family, best friends. But is there something else that we're missing in their relationship that we don't know about? I don't right? think so. I think they because, were close friends. Yeah, I, I think they were close. But could it be something a little bit more than that? Because she is seems to be driven to find Ezra. And if that means like she had a choice to, to find Thrawn or Ezra, she would choose Ezra immediately which causes a problem for Ahsoka because as a Padawan, you and your master need to be on the same page, right? Yeah. And obviously. And if you're not, then there's going to be issues. Right now, there are issues happening right now. And I'm glad that there are issues because it doesn't need to be clean. It doesn't need to be, okay, you know, Ahsoka, Master Ahsoka, I'm going to do everything you say and listen to everything Honestly, you say. Honestly, yeah, Sabine was that a static character it, just listen right. to Ahsoka. But Sabine has a mind of her own. The decisions Sabine makes endanger herself and others. Yeah, like, well, she it went, happens, like, but she made for, that decision. For example, yeah. in the first episode, she goes after Shin after being, being not very well trained with a lightsaber. Yes. And she gets defeated. Then in the second episode, immediately after healing, she decides to go join Ahsoka and then go help her out. Sure. Which does not help. During that during that space fight, Sabine is trying to shoot them down. 
but the ship gets hit and Ahsoka has to take a dangerous spacewalk and Shin almost gets her. Then in this episode, Sabine is faced with the decision to either take out Balin and go save Ahsoka or go with Balin and hand him the map, which he promptly destroys. And guess what? Ahsoka is lying in an ocean right now, as far as I'm concerned. Shin and Balin are holding her prisoner, and the map is gone. Yeah, but what is Sabine's motivation? She is she on that ship. She wants to find Ezra. Yes, that's, and that's but exactly what she's doing. this is the most illogical it's, way that you could do it. If you have the map, and you have a saber, and you can fight, and you can run, because at that point, Shin was still knocked out. Mm-hmm. So you could have fought Balin, and then once he was Sabine had no chance against Balin. Oh God, she could not have fought Balin. I'll be honest. Right? Okay, so she could have. No, she could not. I'm I'm just saying. No, she doesn't have to win. She has to catch him off guard. Okay, and by that I mean. If they do that classic move where both people push their lightsabers down yeah. and then the hero like goes up mm-hmm. and then they stagger back to get their bearings, that's when Sabine should run. And I know Balin can like use the force to pull her back, but if Sabine's far enough, that doesn't really work. So hmm. okay. in the few seconds it'll take someone as bad at combat as Balin to reconcile themselves, you know. You could have gotten pretty far. Yeah. So going back to Balin, he seems to know a lot about everybody. I mean, he knows. Yeah, I don't know how he's getting Right, exactly. But he's using it to his advantage. I mean, he is really going, targeting their weaknesses, you know, with Ahsoka and bringing up uh, Anakin, her leaving Anakin. And he's talking about Sabine, about losing her family. We don't even know how. Apparently, Ahsoka had something to do with it. Well, no, no. Remember the part where he said that uh, Sabine's family died on Mandalore? No. No what? I don't remember that. Okay. Let's see. There you go. All right. I don't know how many times you watched the episode. but anyway. Once, it's, and I remember a lot of it. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. Except that. Okay. Here we go. All right. So, he knows a lot about everybody. And he, you know, he's taking a, a, a page out of Thrawn's book. Thrawn is like that tactical person, like, know your enemy know who they are, know their weaknesses, what they like, what they don't like. And he gets what he wants that way. And he really had uh, Sabine in the palm of his hand. As soon as he mentioned, he I know you Sabine want... like cards. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I know you want to find your friend, your family But he manipulated Ezra. her. Well, right, and we don't even know if she's going to even find him. But you know what? That's what she wanted. That was her motivation from the very beginning. Even if it meant losing her master... Which apparently she thinks is happened, I don't, is gone. It doesn't matter to her. She wants to find Ezra. See, That's here, her goal. Here is her the goal. thing right now. Yeah. I know that Sabine oh. is just heck bent on finding her at her friend Ezra, probably even like a brother to her at this point. The, so yeah, could be. she's trying to find Ezra. At least. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like you should prioritize. Save the people you know are alive well, right now before you save the people whose lives are in question. That's and an I don't excellent mean, point, Keith. And I don't we, mean as in they're about to die if you don't do something. Well, we don't know the fate. I mean, we literally do not know the status of exactly. their life as of right exactly. now. Exactly. So, seeing as Ahsoka has just fallen, she's likely still alive. 
Mm-hmm. So if Sabine had just ran past Balin and jumped into the ocean, she uh, she could have picked up her helmet and ran. I'm sure the helmet has filters. Okay. I don't think they last more than like 10 minutes, yeah. but she could have. And I'm also sure there's things for you to land on down there, considering it has it can't just be standing on it can't just be standing on literal thin air. There has to be like a little a little side that leads down to the water that you could climb back up on from the shore. Mm-hmm. And you could grab Ahsoka, you could go back, and then boom. Baylin and Shed would probably be gone because they would think like, oh, she just jumped into the water. We don't need to worry about her anymore. That's a very interesting story. But okay. she could have saved Ahsoka yeah. and gone back. And she could have even taken the map with her. Because at that point, she had the map in her hands. So she like kicked yeah. Baylin in the shin, pun intended, and then ran past him with the helmet and the map. She could have ran down, got Ahsoka, and then hit out above the water until Balin's gone, and then came back up, grabbed their ship, found Hu Yang, and escaped. All right. It's so simple. And now the entire crew is split up. The The last thing Hu Yang said to them was, please stay together. Do that for me. You know, you're better, you're better together. Yeah, and that didn't happen. Sabine just literally abandons Ahsoka. I get how much she cares about Ezra. I really do. But chronologically, even though she's known Ezra's longer, she's seen Ahsoka face-to-face longer. She's known Ezra for at least 15 years by now, probably. And Ahsoka just flat-out asked her, can I trust you? Exactly. And Sabine said, of course you could trust me. Sabine literally... Did she Ahsoka, lie to Ahsoka? Ahsoka put her life in Sabine's yeah. hands and right. was willing to do anything to make sure that Sabine survived. And Sabine just straight up ditches her. And it's not like she left her at the restaurant to pay the check. She left her in a literal ocean by herself. We got some Unknown Q&A. status. So, what is Sabine doing at this point? Yep. Like, I know that this is her character. Like, this is the logic she processes with. But, in what world does this make sense? Like, so, there's one person who I know is alive and who has been mentoring me and who I recently just reconciled with. And there's one person who's been AWOL for the past 10 years. And we don't I know where they yeah. are yeah. Yeah. and if they're still around. Yeah. And if I find him, I'll also find the very villain so, that he sacrificed himself to get rid of. And I think I'll choose that and go yeah. with the enemy who's about to handcuff me, take my map, and make me leave Ahsoka behind so she could probably die. I like, th- I get the impression that you did not like what a Sabine did in this episode. I don't. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know what's I, happening you know, I, 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 what like, I, what I What I said fine. earlier... What I said earlier is that she made some mistakes, but they're within character. Too many mistakes. Yeah, well, yeah, she did. Too many mistakes for half a season. I, I, yeah, she she chose Ezra over her master. Yeah. Point blank. I honestly that was understand that, that decision. That was absolutely though. wrong to Like, do. I understand yeah. why she did yes. it. I, like, I understand why she would think of that in her head. Yeah. What I don't understand is why that was what came to mind and what was executed. Yeah. 
when there were multiple other options for her. And I'm sure that Ahsoka and Sabine are going to clash over this because oh, Sabine yeah. basically left Ahsoka for dead to find somebody who could have been dead for the past decade and you wouldn't even know it yet. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of on a wild goose chase. There's no confirmed leads at this point, but the person who's mentored you and put their life in your hands is still confirmed to be alive. So what are you doing? Like, this, it makes no sense. I was fine with Sabine and Ahsoka doing that training arc where she's training Sabine with the lightsaber and Sabine tries with that cup mm-hmm. and she doesn't manage to get the uh, the cup of water to lift itself. Like, honestly, I get it. I get why they did that. And I love the training sequences. But, by the same token, Sabine's skills have improved over the past few episodes, so much so that I feel like she'd be able to go toe-to-toe with Balin for at least five minutes before Balin wins. <laughs> at least she'd put up a fight, okay? okay? I'll be honest, Balin's way more experienced. Sabine would have no shot of winning. Ahsoka, on the other hand, Ahsoka's probably been at this even longer than Balin has. So, All right, let's go to Q&A. Not. What do we have? Who do we have? All right, Eric says, Sabine thinks Ahsoka's already dead. Now she is more desperate to save Ezra. Yes, but here's the thing. Ezra could have been dead 10 years ago. He's been missing for the past 15 years. So I don't know why you prioritize finding somebody who's been missing for 15 years yeah, well, you over said this somebody three who times just right. watched we got fall it. We got off a cliff no, no, five no. seconds ago. Stop, stop. We got it. We got it. You, we understand. You know, so Sabine made some bad decisions. We got I'm it. literally okay. losing it. All right, yeah. So, all right, let's let's get past Sabine. So, let's say that's a great point, but I'm sure the grief and trauma that Sabine's been through overwhelmed her and made her not think of saving Ahsoka, taking the map, shooting Balin, etc. Good point. Yeah. Good, good, good point. Right. Yeah. Now. Okay. All right. So we're gonna move on. So I want to go back and talk about well, all right, just to finish up with Sabine because I want to talk about the fight. Uh, the, the battle between Sabine and and Shin. I actually thought Sabine looked very good. She has learned. She's picked up a lot. Um, but she went back to, you know, what she knows well. It took me back to the episode again, right? The episode from Rebels where, you know, uh, uh, where Kanan was training her to use the dark saber. Right. And then uh, one of her uh, Mandal- Mandalore, uh, Mandalorians, uh, Fennec, not Fennec, uh, Fen Rao, right, gave her this bracelet called the Mandalorian Van Braces, right, where it has a grappling line, paralyzing darts, repulsor, all designed to combat the abilities of a Jedi, according to Fen Rao, right? And she had that bracelet and she used it, right? So it's pretty cool that she went back and, you know, she, you know, she, she does what a Mandalorian is supposed to do. She uses her wet, uh, Weapons or resources that was pretty cool, so I thought that was very nice. And did you notice that Shin took off her robe? Yes, her cloak? I did. Isn't that wonderful? Like, for <laughs> Jedi 101, Shin, <laughs> I guess Shin got the memo. Yes, she took her cloak off during this fight. Yes, yes, so she, you know, just you know, you don't need all that uh, that material, you know, just just get rid of it. Anyway. I, I think I will say something though. I think maybe Shin was underestimating Sabine. I think so. In yes. The first fight, 
by now that Sabine's had some time, you know, she kind of is understanding that Sabine might be a little more yeah. powerful than she first believed. Right. And then, by the way, see, this episode was full of action scenes. So Ooh, yes. let's talk about Balin and Ahsoka's battle. That was an amazing um, fight. It, Wasn't that the very same battle where we saw Ahsoka literally push her saber through Balin? Well, right. So I, I don't know if that is going to happen later on or if they cut that scene out. It might even be a memory. Like, maybe... To add to your theory of Anakin showing her possibilities, yes, maybe that was one of the possibilities. One of the outcomes. Or maybe we just misread the angle. Yeah. I, like I just, maybe what we were seeing was the wrong angle. Like, the saber didn't go through Balin. It went to Balin's side instead of through him. It went through. We saw it. But you I and will I saw be it. honest, saw it. It went I watched that through. blade go it, yes. literally we even boom. Yeah. So I we, took we two don't know screenshots if that's, of that's that. That's going to be in, in in the series. It might be a cutout scene. Who knows? But I just find you know the the, the fighting style. I, I I wonder if this is intentional. It's he's not. I like think Bayley because was, it, it, I think it's because of age. You know, like he is an older gentleman. You know, Jedi. Uh, he may not be as fast as he used to be, like he was in his twenties and thirties. But, yeah, but I felt that he was actually lunging. Unnecessarily, yeah. and can't be with more the lightsaber. Balin can't be more than like ten years. Ahsoka's senior. well, then yeah, but my point is, he's not in his twenties and thirties, so he's Honestly, older no, gentleman. Over kind 50. Of an active. Are you listening to me? He's Sorry. over. He's over the age of fifty. I just felt that he was just really falling behind. Like he was trying to keep up with Ahsoka. I think he knew Ahsoka was very strong, and maybe it was his emotions that got the best of him. But it's just the way he uses his sword. Like, he just came after her, like, 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 like some kind of sledgehammer. Yeah, like in an axe position. That's like not he, how you're like supposed hacking, to use a saber. Like, he's, you know, like he's, uh, you, know, chopping wood. Sh- you know, chopping wood or shucking corn or whatever. It just looks strange to me. So, I yeah, wonder that's if that's not really how it's supposed to be. Either he's not, he was not trained well, or maybe it's just age. I don't know. I just thought that I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, All right. So, um, let's, what I'm do you want to move say, on to? I feel like they kind of had to nerf Ahsoka in that fight to get some development into the next episode. Because Morgan Elizabeth's been hovering her hand over this map for the past two episodes. And she hasn't even felt the heat. She's just kind of sitting here like, ooh, and not burning herself. Well, or she's, she's a nice sister. What do you want? Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Night sisters still feel paid. Mother Tolson's deceased. She uh-huh. was like she was like the queen of the night sisters. Uh-huh. So she can definitely feel pain. Um well, it doesn't make sense that like she Morgan Elsbeth, who's a descendant of the Night Sisters mm-hmm. and isn't directly like it's not like she was in the Clone Wars group of Night Sisters and then fled. She wasn't part of that. She might have been night sister ancestors, like she okay. said, but she's just hovering her hand over this like abracadabra, like okay. she isn't burning herself. So they they kind of had to tone down Asuka's power so Balin could win. And here's the thing: I feel like that might be an established plot point later on, because Balin's fighting style is far lesser to Asuka's. So the fact that they demonstrated that to us, that the only way Balin could win is if he had the edge by Ahsoka only using one hand to fight and one saber, then I feel like that might come into play later. Okay. 
I got you. All right. Uh, all right. And then the last fight, let's talk about the battle between the droids. Wasn't that fantastic? Ooh. You're talking about Huang throwing, throwing blows like he's like some like he's in a boxing hey, boxing hey, ring. Hey, knows how to fight. Yeah, he's I mean, not he like he's that, not boom, dainty boom, like he's not you know, dainty like C three PO elbow. He, he's and getting that R two like. <laughs> I mean, that was. I mean, it's, that was some rock and sock em action right there. I mean, with those droids and, and he, he's yeah. blocking, he's yeah, punching. He was, that was he's really defending. cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So I think that's it. Yeah, and then we talked about the. I think hyperspace. I'm done ranting. We had we yeah, <laughs> we talked about the hyperspace ring, how powerful that was going to be, and it was powerful. Mm. Hera and her small band of rebels had no chance. Nice to see Carson Teva, although or was, Zeb. You know, you're being funny. I was about to say, you know, it would have been nice to see Zeb, but I guess he's coming. He's he's just not here yet. Okay. All right. All right. Um, you know, so to wrap up this episode, Dave Filoni, he is look, we gotta admit that he's a brilliant storyteller. Dave and the Filoni's reason why he excellent. is is because we have no idea. We are are fans of Rebel. We've seen every single episode of Rebels, right? Yeah. And so we're kinda like not really in the universe, we're observing the events. We like for still us, have no we, idea what is going to happen. For us, we've kind of seen the set timeline play out at this point. Yeah, we've seen everything that happens and will happen up to Rise of Skywalker in Star Wars, like from the Rise of Skywalker all the way back to like the Old Republic. We've seen everything there is to know okay. about the galaxy as far as it's been written. We're objective. We're we're kind of viewing over the story, but for everyone else, well, yeah, the, like I, the characters in our shows and movies and books. Well, my point is, is that although we know the history of the lore of Star Wars, we know these characters versus someone who's actually never watched Rebels and they're seeing Ahsoka for the very first time. Um, we're just as baffled <laughs> as everybody else because we have no idea where this story is going. And I think that is why it's so exciting. And episode five is probably going to be epic, you know. Um, so, I hope so, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen, but I can't imagine what this conversation between Ahsoka and, and Anakin is going to be. Uh, what are they going to say? Oh, they don't talk about flavors of Mad Talbots. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's going to be, uh, I, I tell you, it's probably going to be something that we're really going to need to to push through. I mean, the tears and everything. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But we are on this Filoni train. I'm not getting off. I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to keep Next going. Next stop, yeah. never. Yeah, so let's go to Q&A. Let's uh, see if we have any other Q&A. And then we can finish up. Yes. And by the way, so Filoni will be directing and writing episode five, the next one. So we know, I, I think because he's directing that we may see Thrawn now, we'll see Ezra. So this this is going to be an epic episode. All right. Q&A, pop in the popcorn. Hello, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, friends. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you. And Alex, Alex could Hera and the X-Wings have stood a chance if they had immediately opened fire on the space ring rather than watch it bleed? Honestly, I think they might have. Now, given the fact that the hyperspace ring exploded when the ship jumped through it, I think if they shot at it, it would have still had an explosive effect. 
Maybe it would have been smaller. But it still would have prevented them from jumping through it. Like, sometimes the characters in shows and movies just stand still and wait for stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if the X-Rays opened fire, there definitely would have still been damage. But, like, at least they at least they would have prevented it. Yeah, I don't know if, if Hera really thought this thing through. Um, so she, she was coming she up against ha- something that is probably never seen before in space. I think the first thing I would have said to her crew is stand out and just wait and see. You know, I know you're trying to save Ahsoka, but this thing looks powerful. And she was aware that this thing was was hooked up with these hyperdrives, and she knew how powerful these hyperdrives were going to be. But it just seemed to me they were just like racing into something and had no idea what they were doing, and there was casualties. So you know, uh, you know, she's gonna have to. Uh, she's gonna have to explain to her. She's gonna have to explain to the lost. New Republic people. How are bad you, this failed. Now, very interesting question, Ken. So are you going to watch the next episode in the theater? I just saw, you didn't know this. I saw this on Twitter, and I wasn't sure if it was true. But apparently, episode five will be premiering in theaters throughout the country. Excuse me? Yes. So I... But, but this is like the first time a TV show has premiered in theaters. Yeah, so I, I don't... Well, first of all, I checked to see if there was any theater nearby that's you know playing nearby. It's not. All right. So the closest theater is like a an hour an hour away from here, like in the Chamonix. I don't know if you're familiar with I that. I do remember that. Bucks County. I remember I called them and they, they, oh, they yeah, thought right. I was from, a from woman. Rogue One, right? <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was a woman. They thought you were a woman? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because I asked them you're asking if, for Rogue I asked One them if tickets, they had right? any showings for Rogue One and they yeah. said no, ma'am, I'm sorry. And I'm like, do I sound like a woman to oh, That's you? pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, all right, well. Like, do I sound like a woman to you? Yeah, so Ken, yeah, I I heard it. Um, as far as I know, it's not playing nearby, so I. You I, know what? What? And we're not going to another state to see it. Where are we going? What? Well, the Chamonix in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, right, but that's it's still too far away. I don't know. We'll see. Well, Philadelphia's like There's an one hour outside away. of Philadelphia. I think that's the one that we were talking about, Ken, the, the one in the Chamonix. Exactly. In Philadelphia's County. like an hour away. Yeah. Right. So it's not in it's Philly, not... it's outside of Philly. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I say Philadelphia is an hour away, so you figure it'll be give or take 10, 20 minutes added. So it's not that far. Well, you're not I the one driving. I mean, it, look, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to say anything. All right. What we got? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. By the so... way, if we do that, we should take the car. Because it's like 45 minutes. Oh, you definitely Ooh, have to. You know what, though? Yeah. I think maybe this episode will be like TV movie length. Like an hour. Could be. Because there would be no sense in premiering a 45-minute show in theaters. But mm. if it's like an hour, yeah, then that would make sense. Because movies are like usually an hour and a half long. I don't think Ahsoka will be an hour and a half long. But an hour would be within the purview of most of these Disney Plus TV shows. And as such, it would make sense. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, I wanted to quickly talk about, let's see if we're, let's see what time. Okay. Um, Can we run down this uh, shuffle with Marvel? So Disney Plus. Do you want to do it? Okay. I'll do it then. All right. So Marvel Disney Plus, there's a shuffle. You know, we saw this article in, in. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter, where 
Now, what if season two, all right, which was done a long time ago, is now finally coming out. Um, what was supposed to come out in early 2023 is now coming out around Christmas Day, three months from now. Echo uh, announced to come out November 29th, has now moved to January 2024, and they're dropping all the episodes at once, okay? X-Men 97, all right? Remember that classic animated series? Plan for the fall, right? To come out in the fall of this year is now um, going to be early 2024. I'm amped. Ed, here's the crazy part. Agatha, and by the way, remember how it used to be Coven of Chaos, and yeah. then it changed to House of Harkness? Well, now it's Darkhold Diary, so they're kind of just shuffling these titles now. Yeah. Like, why has it changed three times and each time it's alliteration? It's like the marketing team just kind of said... It's like the marketing team pulled three cards and they said, pick a card, any card, and then they just brought them around and they held a vote. And right. no one could agree. Yeah, you know what they should do? They should just call it Agatha. <laughs> well, honestly, WandaVision worked just fine. So did Loki, honestly. Right. Loki worked just fine just being called Loki. Yeah. They could just call the show Agatha. So uh, uh, Alex says the X-Wing anime series song is the best. Yes, it is. X-Wing. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Got it. Uh, so Agatha Darkhold Diaries. Uh, was supposed to come out winter 2023, but now come out a year from now, Halloween of 2024. That actually makes sense. It makes sense. Too bad it's not coming out next month, but next year. All right. And currently what is not on the schedule, which I'm very disappointed to hear, Ironheart, no. Daredevil Born Again, no. uh, and Wonder Man. Who's he? <laughs> well, you know, it's this is a new character, not a new character, but this is it's a, a new MCU character, uh, a new MCU character that um, you know they were developing. I, I don't even think they've started shooting yet. So because of the strike, we know they're not even close to ready. But Daredevil: Born Again, I guess they're still filming. But Ironheart, I thought would have been done by now because it, this was supposed to come out at the end of this year. Okay, now the reason why I brought up the schedule is. What happens to Skeleton Crew? Now, Skeleton Crew, I there's, was hoping that would come out at the end of this year, but it looks like it's not happening. Yeah, there's honestly no yeah. real news around Skeleton Crew. Yeah, nothing. Like, I remember earlier this year in London, we finally got the casting for the main kids mm -hmm. in Skeleton Crew. Yep. But other than that, we haven't gotten a trailer. We haven't gotten any production news. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's in like either pre or post production now. Yeah. Pre production, as in like they're adding special effects. Yeah. But I don't think we're getting it before the end of this year. I'm yeah. hoping well, it'll no, come. No, obviously not. Yeah, but... I'm hoping it'll come out by like March 2024. That seems to be some place yeah. it could fit in. I guess. Well, I mean, they got the X Men '97 coming out in early 2024. Okay, so, so then like what does this mean May. for uh, the Acolyte? When does that come out? I don't know. Oh yeah, the Acolyte. You right. know, it's crazy. We already got casting for the Acolyte. Yeah, they I, should be completely. I think done. we have that. Yeah, I think they're yeah, done at did. this point. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, we went a little long, but this was an exciting episode. We had to talk about it. We can't wait for episode five. We have no idea what's going to happen. We just know it's going to be unforgettable. All right, Keith, where can people find us? You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or socials on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fathers and Galaxy. Website, fathersandgalaxy.com. Please check out our merch store, patreon.com slash Fathers and Galaxy. That's our Patreon page. 
merch store is fathersandgalaxy.myspreadshop.com. You know, we can't do this without you. We were featured on the Star Wars website. You know, please check that out. Give us some traffic. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. All right. Okay. And then, oh, please check out Colored River, uh, colorriver.com. There's a fundraising going, uh, fundraiser that's going on. Um, scan the QR code. Yes, scan the QR code for more information. Scan the QR code. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. This was wonderful. Thank you for those who attended the chat and those who will listen to us or watch us later. It doesn't matter. Just watch us and listen and enjoy. All oh, right. Alex, do you mean like the uh, Batman 2006 show? Because if that's what you mean, I'm about to start watching that. It's it's on Netflix. And the Dark Knight trilogy is also there, so I think I might have to watch that. Wait a minute. The Batman animated series is on Netflix, not HBO, not Max? Netflix, yeah. Interesting. Okay, all right. I don't get why HBO just decided literally like a year after premiering their first streaming service that like... We're just going to take off the first 13, not 13, the first three letters of our name. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, there was, it was like HBO, then it was HBO Go, then it was HBO Now, and then it was like HBO On Demand, then HBO Go, then it was HBO Max, and then it was Max. Okay. So they just completely got rid of HBO at this point. Yeah. I feel like the change from HBO Max to Max was unnecessary. Well, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, I still have a hard time remembering it's called Max now. But anyway, thank you for that, Alex. We will check it out. Actually, I haven't even watched the animated series uh, Batman, but I hear it's really good. So maybe we'll watch it together. All right, everyone. So thank you so much. If there are no more... Merrick was a dusty boy. <laughs> <laughs> the ash on that man is remarkable. Oh, boy. You know, I'm just so glad it's not He's so Ezra. dry, he evaporated. Yeah. I mean, it's like it looked like it looked like uh, the the blip. I mean, Thanos snapped his fingers and then the man dusted. I don't know what happened. He, he's Wait, gone. You snap. Okay. All right. There we go. Two snaps. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. All right. Um, this is fun. We'll see you next week. Until next time. Take care, and we will see you again. I am inevitable.